Hello, everyone, and welcome to this special episode of the On the Safe Side podcast as we offer a preview of the 2023 NSC Safety Congress and Expo in New Orleans. My name is Kevin Drewley, and I'm an associate editor with Safety and Health Magazine, the official magazine of the National Safety Council. Joining us, as always, are my fellow associate editors and soon-to-be travel companions, Alan Ferguson and Barry Botino. Hey, Kevin, I'll be sure to pack light, okay? Not me, though. Sounds good. Well, this year's event is set for October 23rd through 25th at the Ernest N. Morial Convention Center and will feature its usual cast of seasoned speakers and safety professionals. They'll be on hand for the spectacle that sees more than 100 technical sessions spread over the three days as visitors to an expo hall of several hundred exhibitors will gain insight into the latest in safety equipment and technology. The NSC booth, number 2419, will include some familiar faces from our safety and health team so please stop by and see us to say hello and pick up a free copy of Safety and Health. We also will bring back a fun feature that allows you to pose for a picture on your own personal cover of the magazine. Before the show, please visit safetyandhealthmagazine.com and click on the e-newsletters tab to subscribe to Show Daily, our daily recap of all the goings-on at the show. We also encourage you to visit congress.nsc.org or download our free mobile app on your smartphone for a great guide to the events. With that, let's dive into more about what to expect in New Orleans. We'll pass the beignet, or baton, to Alan, who will share some highlights now from day one. I will gladly take that beignet. Uh, so we begin at 8 a.m. Central Time with what else? The opening session. The keynote speaker is John Dornboss, a magician, former NFL long snapper and author of the book Life is Magic. Quote, known for his great sense of humor and positive outlook on life, John uses his skills as a magician and incredible life story to inspire audiences around the world. He draws on his book, Life is Magic, to provide a roadmap for how to shut down your inner self-doubt and find happiness in every situation. It's a poignant and powerful story told by a charismatic and optimistic man who has overcome life or death challenges with grace, persistence, a childlike sense of wonder, and jaw-dropping card tricks. From 11 a.m. to noon, the Campbell Institute will hold its annual forum, also in the New Orleans Theater, it's titled Effectiveness of Training Across the Generations. Quote here, environmental health and safety leaders describe the need and challenge for effective workplace training across a multi-generational workforce. And at 1.30 in the NSC booth, you can see some friendly and familiar faces, ours, for the third annual live taping of the On the Safe Side podcast. Come join us then. Barry, won't you take us through day two? Absolutely, Alan. On Tuesday, day two, just before the occupational keynote begins at 8 a.m., the Best in Show New Product Showcase Award winners will be announced on stage. For those who want to explore the variety of new products, be sure to visit booth 2201. This year's occupational keynote presentation is titled Understanding and Responding to a Rapidly Growing Threat in the Workplace. The Expo Hall opens at 9.30 a.m. with dedicated hours until 1 p.m. Be sure to visit the Learning Lab, backed by popular demand, at booth number 5433. Back in the main ballroom, the Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion in Occupational Safety and Health event will kick off at 10 a.m. Be sure to arrive early. This was a very popular session last year in San Diego, and seats will fill up fast. Major General Jeannie M. Levitt, who served as the U.S. Air Force's first female fighter pilot, will discuss challenges she encountered during her career. A roundtable discussion on DE&I will include NSC board members Nicole Piggott and David Daniels and IBEW Local 0302 Safety Coordinator Cheyenne Lucero. 
From 1 to 1.30 p.m., the annual OSHA Top 10 Safety Violations presentation, led by my colleague and sharp-dressed man, Kevin Drewley, will take place. Kevin will be joined by OSHA Regional Administrator Eric Harbin for that presentation. The top 10 this year also will include a remembrance of former OSHA Administrator Patrick Kappist, who unexpectedly passed away earlier this year. Patrick was always generous with his time in explaining the top 10 to attendees and to our safety and health readers. In fact, last year in San Diego offered a glimpse into his dedication to the safety and health profession. Patrick presented the top 10 with Kevin twice. This happened after an overflow crowd was not able to come into the presentation room for the first session, so Patrick offered to do a second session immediately after the first one ended. Among the educational sessions on Tuesday, three of the NSC's star speakers, as chosen by Congress attendees, will be presenting on day two. At 1 p.m., Jack Jackson will present Flip the Script, Achieve Safety Success Through Emotional Engagement. During the same hour, Patrick Carroll's presentation, Selling Safety, Lessons from a Former Frontline Supervisor, will also take place. From 2.30 to 3.30 p.m., Sean Galloway will discuss a tactical framework to address risk perceptions and risky practices. And those are just three of the nearly 50 technical sessions planned on Tuesday. Now, one of my plans, Kevin, for Congress this year is a couple of poor boy sandwiches. Now, will you take us through day three, please? I absolutely will, and thank you. And, and before doing so, I might add that you and Alan clean up nicely yourselves. Um, it's I know we see each other often on, on polos, whether it's in Zoom or in the office from time to time, but it's it's nice in this work-from-home climate to, to get dressed up a little bit. As for day three, it gets started at 8 a.m. when our guest on this episode, Cam Stevens, delivers the closing keynote, and you'll hear more about that here in a minute. After the session, don't forget to stick around for the Safety Innovation Challenge, which is in its second year at Congress and Expo. Attendees will experience the ingenuity of challenge finalists who will show and tell about their solutions for decreasing musculoskeletal disorders in the workplace. Professional development and technical sessions will be held throughout the day. Should you wish to further your MSD learning that day, sessions include a panel covering the value of accounting for non-physical MSD risk factors in your MSD solutions program. Other topics include trenching, roadway safety, and worker engagement. The expo floor will open at 9.30 a.m. immediately following the keynote with dedicated hours from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. If you haven't stopped by NSC booth number 2419 at that point, it's one more chance to say hello and get your picture on the cover of Safety and Health is a Nice Memento. Every safety professional's goal is to keep workers safe, both today and into the future. At 8 a.m. on Wednesday, October 25th, which is day three of Congress and Expo, Cam Stevens will deliver a keynote presentation about how better, safer, and healthier workplaces are possible today and beyond through technology, innovation, and collaboration. Cam's presentation is titled, All Hands on Tech, Innovation and Collaboration for a Safer Tomorrow. Cam serves as president and CEO of Pocket Knife Group and also is the founder of Safety Innovation Academy. He joins us today all the way from his home in Perth, Australia. Cam, welcome to the On the Safe Side podcast. Thank you very much. I'm very privileged to be here. Well, Cam, where we wanted to start with you today is we'd like to know first, what sparked your passion for technology and its potential impacts on health and safety? Great question. Well, there's two things really. One is the untapped potential that 
technology has to improve health and safety outcomes purely because it just hasn't really been in our toolbox before. Um, we've done a lot of the same things over and over again, uh, just rebranding the types of activities that we've done to try and improve health and safety practice. Um, lots of different types of training, rebadged or leadership uh, approaches, management systems, all of those different types of approaches that we've taken, which are critically important. But there's an entire toolbox that we just haven't been able to open yet. As these technologies are starting to mature and become far more accessible to us, we've got a whole new untapped territory to, to play with, really. So for me, it's about um, this fertile ground of, of something that we haven't tried before. And that really instills that passion in me. The second is the fact that early in my career as a health and safety professional, I was involved in a technology project that was a monumental failure, an absolute disaster. Um, and it was a user experience issue. So the technology made sense. Um, we felt that the project was on paper going to be successful, but when we put the technology in the hands of the workers, it, it just didn't work. And being involved in that project made me realize that as a health and safety professional, we're in a really great position to make technology projects successful if we have the foundational knowledge and skills and the capabilities to support them. So I've dedicated my career now uh, to, to support health and safety professionals and uh, be curious and explore how we can leverage technology to really change the game. How has safety become intertwined with technology and innovation and can it become an even closer relationship? So I think we need to decouple this and, and understand that safety is really an emergent property or an outcome of well-designed work. And technology is so intertwined with work that ultimately technology enabled work, uh, needs to be designed in such a way that it enables health and safer outcomes. So it's not so much about how technology can improve safety, but it's about how technology can improve the design of work. Because if we can use technology to create and design better work, we can create better safety outcomes. So I think right now we see technology and safety as completely separate things. And Ultimately, the way I see it is that work is so technology enabled nowadays, whether we like it or not, and we're all using technology, whether we believe we are or not, we're all engaging with technology in some capacity. So if, if we can look at the way that technology is enhancing work design, then I believe that we can improve health and safety as an outcome of that designed work. Cam, you've said that safety technology is not about the technology. Could you please explain what you mean by that? Sure. So for me, the definition of safety tech is any technology that has the potential to improve the design, the experience, or the safety of work. So it's all about enabling humans to flourish. It's not about whether the technology itself is doing anything in particular it's about whether or not the human plus the machine together is creating a better outcome for the human. I'll try and give you an example. So 
a lot of people think that technology is replacing humans at work. And the role that I believe technology should be playing is elevating the role that the human has in those work interactions. So if we're using technology to enhance collaboration, um, or we're using something like even uh, a remote video call, what the technology is doing is it's showing us, it's demonstrating to us which qualities of the work and the design of how we interact with each other, which qualities are, are human, the most human qualities of uh, the interactions that we have. So for example, when we use um, something like a Microsoft Teams or a WebEx call or a Zoom call, we lose the ability to have um, body language interpretation or eye contact or the types of things that are really human interactions. So when we introduce technology into a business, what we're doing there is we're identifying which of the components of our interaction and the design of our work really requires human elements. So when we introduce technology, what we're actually doing is identifying the human components. The second part about uh, is when I say tech for the sake of tech is there's a lot of organizations that have a remit now to be more innovative. So a CEO or a, a senior executive says, we need to be more innovative. And uh, our vision for the company is to be more innovative. We need to leverage technology to, to remain competitive. And what we often see, the trap there is we see health and safety leaders that are given budgets and given a remit to go and search for technologies to, to do what the CEO told them to do, or the president of the business told them to do. Now, the challenge with that is they just go seeking a technology for the sake of the fact that there is a new gadget on the market. They're not looking for a problem to solve, or sorry, they don't have a problem to solve, so they're not looking for technology to solve a problem, and they're not um, strategic in their approach and they're not elevating the role of the human. So that's a roundabout way of me telling you um, sort of my philosophy around tech for the sake of tech is dangerous. It can diminish the role of the human. Human-centered technology deployments and strategic technology deployments can elevate the role of the human. And I think that's what we should be focusing on. So what do you want attendees at NSC Safety Congress and Expo to take away from your presentation? So I would love the attendees to take away really amazing future focused uh, views of what the future of work will look like in a technology enabled world. But I just don't, I think that's so polarizing and my, my knowledge and my understanding of um, this amazing Congress is that it's full of diverse skills and backgrounds and people with different varied levels of knowledge. So I can only safely assume, I hope, that there will be some people that are really bewildered about technology, confused, paralyzed about how to get started. There will be some that are really accelerating and, and pioneering in their space. So what I want to do is try and provide a really common base level of simple examples of how people can just get started, how they can get started and be curious how they can feel more comfortable about exploring technology. Technology doesn't need to be scary. And I'd like to give some examples of just how easy it is to get started. And that um, my main key takeaway, take I hope for the, or my driver will be that I just want people to feel that technology is accessible 
and it, it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be fancy it can be f- low cost really simple and absolutely high impact um i'm not i don't have a technology background uh, i don't come i'm not a i'm not a uh you know a, a tech guy from way back i um i've learned because i'm curious and i want to impart some of that curiosity and i hope that people can really find something that they can take to their business that minute that they hear it the next day they can text message someone in the business and say we should do this um so i really hope that i can impart some of that uh, spark some curiosity and translate some of that into action and i'm really looking forward to being in new orleans in october well, Cam, we thank you so much for sharing your insights with us on this episode. We're certainly looking forward to your presentation in New Orleans. And thank you so much for being with us on the safe side. Thank you very much. Back by popular demand, or at least Alan and Barry's tolerance, is the history huddle, where we take a glance at some information about the Congress host city and its past. As always, the huddle wouldn't be complete without a special shout out to NSC Library Manager Elena Kolash. Elena is kind and quick to share her extensive research and tremendous assistance. Among the fruits of her labor, an Excel spreadsheet that includes particulars for each previous show. According to that sacrosanct document, this marks the sixth time that New Orleans has hosted Congress and Expo, joining 1985, 1991, 1995, 1999, and 2004. Notably, the 1985 show marked the end of the event's banner run in Chicago, which hosted Congress and Expo in every year but one from 1940 through 1984. The lone exception was 1945, when there was no show due to World War II. As mentioned during the episode, the venue for Congress is the Ernest N. Morial Convention Center. The center is named for the late former mayor of New Orleans, who in 1978 became the first African-American to be elected to that office in the city. He served two terms as mayor, but New Orleans would have Mo Morial soon after. In 1994, Ernest's son, Mark, was elected to his first of two terms as mayor. According to the website 64parishes.org, that made the Morials the first father-son legacy to govern a major American city. Lastly, on the venue namesake, Ernest's middle initial stands for Nathan, and he was commonly known by his nickname, Dutch. Now, this segment also customarily includes a reference to something else that's sacrosanct, the bygone ABC sitcom Coach. As we get set to descend on a city that also is a legacy for quarterbacks, we're talking, of course, about Archie, Peyton, and Eli Manning, it surprised me to find that Archie Manning never made a Coach cameo. It would be easy to imagine Hayden Fox meeting him in a banquet or something and making a silly faux pas that gets misconstrued while simultaneously advancing the plot. At any rate, The Orlando Breakers, the fictional expansion team from the later seasons of the show, were reportedly inspired by a USFL team of the same name that was based over time in Boston, New Orleans, and Portland, Oregon. With that, we'll break the huddle till next time. Thank you for your interest. Thank you so much for listening to a special preview of the 2023 NSC Safety Congress and Expo in New Orleans, set for October 23rd to 25th. For more information on this annual event, please see the September issue of Safety and Health Magazine. Go to congress.nsc.org or download the mobile app. And be sure to check out our other podcast episodes at safetyandhealthmagazine.com slash podcast. And as always, please stay on the safe side.